Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so back. But this, however, is a very somber episode. We have unfortunate news to share as Colin Ruby was aboard the Titanic submarine. Therefore, the podcast will just be Joshua and myself. Now, a brief word from our sponsor, Pfizer. Have you gotten your 11th booster shot? No? Well, congratulations on being a mass murderer. All right. So, we have some quick non-football-related news before we dive into our NFC predictions, which, honestly, kind of glad Colin was on that submarine because the Lord only knows how horrific his <laughs> predictions Um. But first, as you and I are the resident golf fanatics of the podcast, we should dive into Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler blowing yet another Sunday lead at a major and letting some fucking clown named Wyndham win that shit. Yeah, I mean, I I sat down and watched it all on Sunday. Uh um, and it was just as predictable as it could possibly be. The entire world wanting Ricky Fowler to win and him just not him not only not being able to score at all, but in fact just move backwards all of Sunday. At least Rory showed a glimpse, birdied one, and then just parred every other hole. Not, dude. Also, did you see that fucking drive Clark had on the last hole? It's literally you and I. Where, and it's somehow, yeah, where it just went 70 yards right, but it was just right in the middle of the fairway. I was like, how is it fucking possible? And also, why is that just not possible for me? Yeah. If I hit it right, it's just gone forever. <laughs> yeah, Christ. Our first golf outing was, uh, that was tough for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, some didn't uh, even yeah. finish. Yes. <laughs> and I. <laughs> I think Colin, before he got on the submarine, only had ended up playing, like, 12 holes as well. Yeah. I think he played 10. I think he played the front nine and one on the back. <laughs> um, all right, so outside, that's pretty much it as far as golf goes, because, like, let's be real, not too many other people give a shit. Um, and especially since a guy who's virtually unknown won it, there's not too much to talk about there. Um want to quickly touch on how fucking lame and how fucking gay and how fucking soft Kevin Durant is. Like, the guy just bounces around to different teams and just, like, cherry picks, you know, the best players in the NBA to play with. Like, don't get me wrong, I understand Bradley Beal isn't necessarily a superstar, but, like, getting another guy that averages, like, 24 a game to come join you to try and win a championship. It's like, dude, at some point, can you do something relatively close to on your own? Like, we are, like, two years removed from Giannis winning it basically by himself. And now this past year, Jokic, like, I I get Jamal Murray, like, went dumb in the playoffs. But, like, let's be real. Jamal Murray is, like, at best, the 25th best player in basketball. So, like... It's just annoying that Kevin Durant just bounces from team to team trying to build these super teams and just still bluffs hard as shit. He's he's so soft. Um, yeah, he gets way too much credit for a talent level at this point. Like, he, when he was younger, definitely had the opportunity to, like, and a skill set to be one of the greatest, but he has just been in the league stalling out for so long now that it's like, we got to get over this guy being a top NBA player. Yeah, dude. And like, what really pisses me off, but I'll start, like I was a huge Kevin Durant guy. Like I had his fucking shoes in middle school and high school. Like loved him when he was on the thunder. Then they blow that three, one lead against the Warriors. And then the next fucking year he fucking joins them. It's like, dude, fuck Just, like, joined a nine-loss team. Yeah, so, like, from that point on, I have just – he has been a sworn enemy of mine. And it's a shame because he's also relatively local. I mean, I try to not acknowledge PG County as part of Maryland as much as possible. but (laughs) Sometimes it just gets in the way. Yeah, he is a Maryland guy. It's, like, it's so hard to dislike him, but now he's just made it so painfully easy to dislike him over the last, like, Christ, decade. Just – 
it's really disappointing. Whereas my man Mello <laughs> did the opposite. He was like, I'm just going to go to the Knicks and just literally be by myself and not win a goddamn thing, but I'm going to put up 30 a game. Yeah, and, he put up numbers. Um, Another big trade happened today. I guess we could say our Washington Wizards. <laughs> um, Loosely. Yeah, getting Jordan Poole for uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul was a wizard for all of 24 hours. Um, Christ, the Wizards are going to be a dumpster fire. I don't know who's, like, the projected number one overall pick next year, but, Christ, they have to be the front runners if Jordan Poole is your best player. And the Warriors just find a way to get smaller, as if that was even possible. Smaller and older. Like, Steph's 34, Clay's 35, Draymond, I think, is 32 or 33. And then it's like, yeah, let's add in a 37-year-old <laughs> point guard who plays 45 games a year. Who plays the same position as our best player. Yeah, someone showed, like, a uh, like a projected starting five. <laughs> and, um, no, I think Wiggins was the tallest player at 6'8". <laughs> and I was just like, how in the fucking world is that going to be sustainable? Like, when you have Clay essentially running the three and your center is fucking Draymond, I, I know today's NBA, but, like, think about it. And they're just coming off a season where Joel Embiid won the MVP and then, um, what's-his-face, the Joker won the title. It was like, big men are just important again. Make yeah, make and, big men great again. Yeah, seriously. And fucking Giannis um, is, like, the de facto, at worst, second best player in the NBA. He's 6'11 on a bad night. And... The first overall pick tonight, Wembenyama, is seven foot fucking five. So, like, I, I just don't understand what. Did you see the picture of him holding a baseball? Yeah, it just made me feel like such a piece of shit. Also, I just refuse to believe a guy that throws a baseball like that can be a professional athlete at any level, at any sport. <laughs> I didn't see the actual first pitch. Though. Oh, my God. It went straight left. Bounce maybe before the halfway mark. It can't be worse than Travis Kelsey's first first pitch. That shit was hilarious. I think he yeah. may have gone that feet. Yeah. No, it's it. definitely not worse than that one, but it it was bad. <laughs> Especially um, for an athlete. I, like, you're just expecting them to put up something. I guess I'll briefly touch on the Celtics getting Chris Dapps and shipping Marcus Smart to Memphis. I kind of yeah. find that hilarious. That one hurts. It does hurt, especially since, like, Marcus Smart is going to be subjected to being, like, the leader of that team when John Morant is probably the most dis- – outside of Kevin Durant, probably my most disliked player in the NBA at this point. Just <laughs> yeah, he because, makes it hard. Just because of, like, his pure stupidity. It's just like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, but, that, um, draft cl- that draft class is just running on thin ice at this point. Wasn't that Zion's Zion's draft class? Just the top two guys just barely can play in the NBA at this point. Yeah, that was a – that's been a tough week or two for for Zion. Not as tough as Sherm being on that uh, submarine, but, uh, yeah, Zion's a close second on that. But, uh, all right, well, let's dive right into it. The NFC. do you have a particular division you want to talk about first? I feel like we should probably just get the South out of the way. Yeah, we can we can do the South first. It's gonna uh, be a runaway train in this division. <laughs> yeah, for fucking Carolina. <laughs> I'll let you go first. I was gonna say, I guess like cat's out bag for me. I think Carolina is going to win this division. Primarily because of how fucking pathetic it is. I would probably have gone with New Orleans in first because I think Derek Carr will have back bounce back season. However, Dennis Allen is still the head coach somehow. So just from that alone, I'll take Frank Reich in a rookie quarterback over Derek in a completely incompetent coach. So Carolina, number one, they'll probably win it at – at best, 9-8, and eight, just because of how bad the bottom two teams will be. 
Um, but for eight and nine, nine and eight, we'll win this, win this division. Uh, New Orleans, I think, will probably have a similar record, whether it's eight and nine. They both are nine and eight, you know, with the tiebreakers going to, to Carolina, however it ends up shaking. But I think that's one, two. Then three, I went Atlanta, just because I think they have more talent overall than Tampa Bay does. Tampa Bay is fucking old as shit. And as much as I love Baker, as much as it pains me to put them in last, they're just not a good team, like, at all. I mean, you saw it. Tom Brady, like, willed that team to a 9-8 and eight record. No, I think they won last year at 8-9, didn't they? Yeah, it was bad. It was yeah, bad. so you take away that. And you still have Todd Bowles, which I know this is a pro Todd Bowles podcast, but um, he's like the 25th best coach in the NFL at best. So that's not great. And you are forgetting that Baker took the one in 15 Cleveland Browns to the playoffs in like the matter of like a year and a half. Yeah, no, I, I'm not discounting that, but like he also had. Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and now he's got fucking Leonard Fournette. I think he got cut. Did he get cut? Then their running game's going to be even worse somehow. Um, so I, I just don't see it with Tampa Bay. I just don't think they have the roster. Atlanta, at least, God forbid, Kyle Pitts plays a full season. That would be incredible, uh, mainly for me because I'm a huge Kyle Pitts guy. Um, Drake London is a dog, USC Trojan, Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley. Um, so, oh, and now Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on this division. I think Atlanta's a sneaky team. I think if they get the quarterback right, because Desmond Ritter is for sure not the fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. No I doubt. I think uh, that's a team worth watching if they end up just tanking because, like, if they were to get, say, a Caleb Williams, say, a Drake May, I think that team could really make some noise and win the division the following year. But this year it's just, you know, cross your fingers and hope for six wins. Yeah. I mean, I'll start at the bottom of this division, um, get it out of the way. I have the Falcons in last at – Two and fifteen. I think they're going to be pretty bad. I think they they don't have their answer quarterback, and I think that's going to hurt them. And in a weak division, they're not even going to be able to win that many games. Um, Two and fifteen. That that means you probably have them right in the thick. Is that? Yeah. No, I had the I have the Raiders technically at the worst record, but I mean, yeah, could shake out that. You know, Falcons. Yeah, Falcons do finish this bad and and take one of those top two guys. Like they can, they have the the building blocks to be good in the future. They just don't have the the, the necessary pieces right now. Um, I have the Bucks at three and fourteen. Um, I'm also a Baker guy, pro Baker guy, but for all the reasons you said, they're just old. They couldn't win with Tom Brady. Like, why are they just going to start winning now? Um, and second, I have the Panthers. Uh, you'll notice a pattern here. I have them at four and 13. Um, I think these, this whole division basically is going to struggle outside of the division. Like, I, the only reason some of these teams are getting wins is because they get to play each other. Um, it's just going to be a pretty bad division. And then in first by a landslide, I have the Saints overcoming their head coach <laughs> and finishing 13 and four. My Lord. Oh, yeah. Do you have them sweeping the division? The schedule is going to be easy. I probably have them sweeping the division. I can, I can actually check. Yeah. Fire up the spreadsheet. Yeah. Well, I mean, this their schedule just is Saints, Saints, uh, Titans week one. I have Saints, Saints, Panthers, Saints, Saints, Packers, Saints, Saints, Bucks, Saints. Wait, quick pause. Where where is uh week one? Is it in Tennessee? No, it's in New Orleans. Oh, okay, yeah, I'd probably ride with that one too. 
Uh, I have their first loss coming to the New England Patriots in week five. And I have their second loss coming to the Texans in week six. Battle of some great teams. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then I have them losing to the Bears. Okay. Um, and to the Rams. And then I have them winning the rest of the games on their schedule. Wow. I mean, honestly, when you, when you read out their schedule, yeah. I mean, yeah, like they could lose to the Lions. I have them winning that game. It is in New Orleans, but. Oh, Jared in a dome. Come on. Yeah, that, that one could go either way. But I mean, they could also beat the Texans. So we're back. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is a pretty funny I just, schedule. I just think it's mainly their, their division. I just don't think it's going to be very, like, competitive. Like, I might be missing something. I just don't know that any of those teams are going to, like, be lighting it up. Yeah, I just think, for me, like I said, the deciding factor was Frank Reich, and I just think the Pan- the Panthers did more to rebuild that roster. And people forget, I think they finished last year, like, 10th or 11th in overall defense. I think the defense is going to be even better. I think Brian Burns is, like, one of the most underrated players, not just, like, edge guys, but just players in general. I think he's a fucking stud. Um, if J.C. Horn stays healthy, um, they, they have a pretty good secondary. But, again, that's obviously a big question mark for him. So I just think that defense alone, Frank Reich, um, I think Bryce Young is good enough to win some games. I, I mean, as we talked about during my mock draft and – top five quarterback rankings a few months ago. I'm not a huge believer, but I do think he's capable. So uh, that that was really my my thought process behind it. And I I thought Frank Wright got the shoot in Indy. I, I can't believe he got fired, but there always has to be a fall guy for Jim Mercer's coat problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, they got rid of DJ Moore, Bryce Young as a rookie, struggling early like I just don't know that they'll ever find any momentum like I don't know that they have a run game they can lean on like I think they're just going to be fighting for like every yard every first down this year God, who was it pro football focus that put up that thing it's like who's stopping this Panthers offense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> led by Bryce Young and Miles Sanders and Adam Thielen I was just Adam Thielen and Terrace Marshall Jr. not necessarily a who's who in the receiver room <laughs> yeah yeah, I think it's going to be a tough go at it for their offense. But if Bryce Young can get it done with those guys, like it'll be a big, it'll say a lot about what he can do in the league. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a huge Miles Sanders guy, so I, uh, I'm curious to see how he is as like the guy because in Philly it was like he was the number one running back there, but it was still, like, by committee, and they had Hurts. So, like... Yeah, his piss-poor his piss poor performance in the Super Bowl is really just sticking with me. That's like, perfect. three carries for, like, negative five yards and a fumble that he's lucky he went out of bounds. Yeah, that's that's certainly fair. Um, Where do you want to go next? next? I guess if we did south, do you want to go north and then... Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think the East and West will be the two best divisions in the NFC. So, yeah, no doubt. Start with the North. Uh, so yeah, you have, can lead us. yeah, I'll go first. We got the I got the Lions winning this division this year. Um, twelve and five. Not much needs to be said on how this podcast feels about the Lions. Uh, an MVP <laughs> candidate, Jared Goff. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and Dan Campbell's finding his rhythm. Like, I think they're just going to put a lot together this year. Um, Packers, I got coming in second at 6-11. and 11. What? No, I'll let you do it. Yeah. I mean, I just – they're going to struggle on offense. They, they did last year, and now they're just downgrading at quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers took half the weapons with him. Um, Vikings – who knows what's going on there? I mean, at least they still have Justin Jefferson, but it, they were fraudulent 13 and 14 last year, whatever they finished. And they, we saw it in the playoffs. And I think that's just going to continue into this year. And then 
the Bears with uh, their guy Justin Fields improving this year to a four and thirteen record. Uh, sir, this is going to be where we have our first big disagreement. Um, well, actually, let me get this out of the way first. Yeah, Detroit's going to win this division. Um, I think Dan Campbell is going to win Coach of the Year. Um, there's a preview if we ever do uh, award predictions. He but, is um, due. He, he's due. Uh, we talked about it in the post-draft episode. Like, <laughs> take out where he play- drafted. And you just look at who they ended up with. I think they fucking crushed it with like their needs and all, like everything. So I think Detroit's going to be a really good team. I see them as like probably a two or three seed in the NFC playoffs. Um, but second place, I have Minnesota. I agree that they're a fraudulent 13 to four as they were 11 and 0 in one score games. I think that's obviously just not sustainable and they're bound to take a step back. But I just think the other two teams in the division are going to be that, I shouldn't say that bad, but just Minnesota's just more talented. Like they still have Daniel Hunter. Kirk Cousins is still, in my opinion, a top 12 to 15 quarterback in the league. Um, Jefferson's still at worst, the second best receiver in the NFL. I know you and I think he's the best. Yeah. But Colin, RIP, um, is an idiot. Was an idiot, I should say. Um, and I think Madison's capable in today's NFL. I mean, running back, as we know, isn't the most um, like necessary position to be great at in the NFL. Yeah. Speaking of which, interruption: J.K. Dobbins just sitting out, holding out for more money, just has no touch of reality right now. Yeah, I mean that's half the fucking NFL. Like, and yeah. he's played like four career games has played with the best run coordinator of all time played next to and in front of Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. Like he was in like the best situation possible and he's watching guys that are four time thousand yard uh, rushers, like Get getting cut. cut from their <laughs> team. And he's sitting there like, no, you're definitely going to pay me a bunch of money. And it's like, Dalvin Cook's not even like that old. Is he like twenty eight, twenty seven? I say I was. I think he's twenty seven. But yeah, I I totally agree with that. I mean, even Saquon like had a huge bounce back season, but him sitting out and saying like he's not rolling out. I mean, I'll wait to really dive in on that when we get to the East. But yeah, no, I I totally agree. Um, and especially on that team, like the Ravens, they literally just recycle guys that average five and a half yards a carry. Like, who gives a shit? Like, oh, okay, Dobbins doesn't want to be here. Sure, we'll just throw in somebody else that'll average five yards a carry. Just to sale. Because Lamar is that fucking good. But, um... Yeah, the threat of Lamar running, like, will make any running back useful in our system. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so anyway, Madison, I think, is very capable. Um, I really like Kevin O'Connell as head coach um, we'll see, you know, in bigger moment situations, but as far as just like offensive scheme, et cetera, having Jefferson um, fuck, who was the, who's the receiver they drafted? Oh, that's going to drive me nuts. Addison. Yeah. Jordan Addison, um, USC Trojan, Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, Cliff Kingsbury. I think, they're not really going to miss a beat. If anything, they might be even a little better because, I mean, let's be real, Thielen has definitely gotten a little older, lost his step. I think they'll just be potentially slightly more dynamic. Um, the defense is going to be really the question mark with Minnesota. But um, in third, I have Chicago. I do think Fields is going to improve a lot. It's kind of hard to be worse than he was as a passer. Um, and it's kind of hard for the offensive line to be worse than it was last year. I think the defense is going to steadily improve um, with Eberflus. And again, I think just beating up on who I have in last, Green Bay. Um, James Jones was on Coward's show today, and he said from what he's hearing, they're kind of 50-50 as far as guys in the building saying, like, you know, he either – 
needed another year to sit behind Aaron or like he's ready to go now. So I don't think that necessarily bodes well for Jordan Love. Um, and I'm just not a big believer in Matt LaFleur anymore. I, I was when he first came over um, with Aaron going 13 and three, two or three, I think three years in a row. Um, but we've seen his fucking asshole cinch up every big moment, every big playoff game. So um, I just need to see what LaFleur does without, you know, a generational quarterback. And yeah, this one we'll get to see early too, because Packers Bears week one. I have the Packers winning that game, so that that'll really put a put a statement on on how things are going to go my way or your way. Is that year. is that in Lambeau? Um, no, it's in Chicago. Yeah, I, I think Chicago wins that game. Like I said, I I I like Justin Fields. Um, I don't think he's going to end up being. Anything like, like, I don't think he's going to be Lamar Jackson level of dual threat. Cause I mean, for all the shit I talk about Lamar, like he, there are things he can do really well in the passing game, uh, due to the threat of his legs. Um, but, uh, I think a lot of it comes down to if Fields can get any sort of protection instead of just instantly running for his life every fucking play. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but, yeah, so I have Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago, Green Bay. All right, not bad. I mean, I don't have anyone from that division really blowing it away, so I wouldn't really be too surprised how the bottom of that division uh, finishes up. Um, yeah. Do you want to do East or West next? Um, let's knock out the West. Cause I think the East, I think we would both agree – going into this season will probably be the most competitive. Yeah, East is going to be interesting. I, I have some hot takes from the West, too, so we'll, we'll, I'll let you start, and then we'll get into my uh, my list. So on my notepad, I had the Rams first and San Francisco second, but I scratched it out, and I put San Francisco in first. Um, now, I'm obviously the biggest Matthew Stafford fan on the fucking planet. Um, we play exactly like, but San Francisco's roster is just too fucking good. Like, obviously a lot of their thing comes down to health and quarterback play. I think Brock Purdy's going to come back down to earth a lot if he does start week one. I, I mean, obviously uh, 126 or 128 passer rate, whatever it was last year, that's certainly not sustainable. Um, even in today's soft-ass NFL. Um, but I, I just think that overall their roster, again, barring health, is just probably the best in the NFL, first or second, then in Philly, um, top to bottom. I mean, they got future Hall of Famers at every level of the defense. Yes, I'm saying Hufanga or whatever the fuck is a future Hall of Famer, mainly because he went to uh, USC where – Lincoln Riley, Cliff Kingsbury, and Caleb Williams are. So, but like him, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, I mean, you fucking name it, Trent Williams, Kittle, Debo, McCaffrey, like they're just fucking stacked just about everywhere. So, like, even if Purdy takes a huge step back to reality, it's basically just like what they did with Garoppolo, like don't fuck it up. And if he does fuck it up, like I think Darnold with uh, Shanahan, could be productive. I think Trey Lance, I mean, he obviously got hurt like week one or two, so we don't really know. But I just think the quarterback there is just like, don't fuck it up, and we're going to win at least 10 games by default, barring health. Then I have the Rams coming in second. I think they're going to have a big bounce back, much like uh, San Francisco. A lot of it comes down to health. You know, Stafford only played like 10 games last year. Um, Cooper Cup only played like 10 games last year. Donald's not getting any younger. So obviously a lot of those question marks is really this team can finish fourth or they can finish first even, um, depending on how that goes. But I think as long as they have McVay and Stafford and Cup stay healthy, I think this team uh, can easily win nine, nine plus games. 
Uh, Seattle in third. This one kind of hurt because, I mean, just out of respect for Pete Carroll, USC guy. Um, I think Geno Smith, again, I just got to see it again, you know, at 32 to all of a sudden be a, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Like, how fucking rare is that? I, not to say that he can't do it again, but again, like, let's let's take a chill pill with the Geno train. And coming in last, who I think is going to have the first overall pick in next year's draft, Arizona. Um, obviously, Kyler's not going to come back until November. I think that team has a very real chance of being winless or one win uh, by November. So, like, why would you just run Kyler back out there when you have no chance of making the playoffs? It's already a lost season, and they would have the opportunity to get out of the contract. Um with minimal, I mean, I shouldn't say minimal, but like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A tolerable, a tolerable amount of dead money to then draft Caleb Williams first overall. So, uh, I think Arizona has really no reason not to tank this year. So, that's how I have the West. Now, what say you? Yeah, I think uh, we're kind of on a, a similar track for the most part. I do have the Rams winning the division. As you mentioned, you were considering having it this way. I do think people are just, like, forgetting how good they are when they're healthy. Um, that wasn't a healthy Stafford and Cup last year. Like, Stafford all season, despite playing, like, eight or nine games, was just not fully healthy, really, at any point. Um, and we're talking about a team that is coming off the Super Bowl the year before. So I think they're definitely going to have something to say in the West. And like you were uh, referencing, I do think that there's going to be a quarterback controversy at some point in, in San Francisco. I think they're going to, you know, start Purdy at the beginning of the season, but I think like the, the NFL has to catch up with him eventually. And I think it'll happen this year. And, you you did say Darnold is will suffice back there, and I agree, which I think will be part of the controversy. Like they do have someone behind Purdy that is capable and has proven to be capable. So I have both of these teams like doing well and making the playoffs um, at thirteen and four and twelve and five. Um, where we're slightly different is we both think these next two teams aren't going to be doing great. I have the Cardinals better than the Seahawks. I have the Cardinals at four and thirteen and the Seahawks at three and fourteen. And I would like to take it a step further and say that if you think the Seahawks are going to be competing for in a position in the NFL playoffs, you're a casual. You don't know ball. <laughs> just just watch film. They just were not good the last five, six, seven games of the season ended in the playoffs. I mean, I agree to an extent. Um, I still have them. I mean, obviously I didn't do it game by game like you did, but I see them still as like a seven and 10, eight and nine team. Um, That's fine. I don't really have seven, 10, eight, nine fighting for the playoffs. So, from that That's, standpoint, like, you, you pass the casual test, but, boy, when they have a rough year, you'll be hearing about it from me. Yeah, I just think I really like what they did in the draft, and that's really what it comes down to for me. Like, I I think they got the best corner in the draft, despite everything you're hearing about Christian Gonzalez out of uh, New England's camp. But, like, between Devin Witherspoon at corner and – who I thought was the best receiver in the draft class, uh, Smith and Jigba. Um, pair him with Lockett and Metcalf. Um, fucking Kenneth Walker still back there. Like, I just think, fuck, they drafted a running back early too. Was it Charbonnet? From yeah, it was Charbonnet. Yeah, it was. Um, so I think all the tools are there. I just think it's just a matter of um, Gino, you know, sustaining the success he had. And, I honestly could see them finishing second very easily um, just by that level of skill position talent. It's just a matter of, like, I, I'm just not buying into him doing it again, so to speak. 
And despite how much I like Witherspoon, I think the defense, they still don't have a real pass rush, like, at all. You know, if they would have gotten uh, a top pass rusher or if they would have been the team that traded for Zadarius Smith or, you know, something along those lines. Or, like, I know the Vikings have been looking at potentially trading to Neil Hunter. If they're a team that gets someone like that to add their pass rush, then I would honestly consider moving them up to second. Um, especially with one thing we haven't mentioned with the Rams is them trading away Jalen Ramsey. So we, we I got to see how that affects their team. Because they also lost Leonard Floyd to the Bills, which not the biggest loss in the world, but still, as previously stated, Aaron Donald's not getting any younger. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And all of my statements are null and void pending any big injuries at the top half of this division. Oh, because yeah, if, if someone big for the 49ers or Rams goes out, then obviously the Seahawks will have some success in this division and maybe even gain some momentum in other games. But I think if this division at purely healthy, they're going to be bottom of the barrel. Yeah, like I mean, that goes for just about every team, too, as far as the like top end of the division. Like, you know, if they lose Bosa again, who has, uh, you know, already had a season-ending injury before, um, I think if they lose Fred Warner, that won't be as big of a deal because they have Dre Greenlaw still. Yeah, however, if the Saints lose Derek Carr and have Jameis Winston starting, they might do even better. So (laughs) (laughs) So that's not necessarily true for every division. (laughs) Um, All right, do you want to dive into the East and then go into the playoffs? Yeah, I'll start with the East. Um. I do have three teams from this division making the playoffs. Uh, I have the Eagles running it back um, from the East. I do think they won't be as good as last year. Um, But the NFC is just so weak that I don't see them taking that big of a step back. Like, they'll they'll be in control of their own destiny. Uh, Then I have the Cowboys their weakness being Dak. Like, I need to see something out of this Cowboys offense. They have too many players to be average. I mean, they have, like, one of the best wide receivers in the league. I was um, <laughs> future Hall of Fame for CeeDee Lamb. And they should be re-signing Zeke. That, like, I'm saying I think they should. I don't know if they actually are. Um, and then in third, I have the Giants. Um, this one's tough for me because I just don't know what to make of the Giants. Like, I watched their season last year. Going into the season, nobody thought they were going to do what they did. And then after watching it, it still didn't seem all that impressive. But they were a playoff team. They won a playoff game? Or no? Uh yeah they won they beat the uh, Vikings yeah I won a good like, game like they did everything right at the end of last year and throughout last year you think they're just gonna get in a better rhythm with Dayball and Jones having another year together I just for some reason like look at their roster I'm so like yeah I don't know why I'm saying this but like I do think they're gonna be pretty good again um. I have them at ten and seven, and then I have the Commanders pretty pretty far down there. Uh, I think they're going to be pretty weak unless I'm missing something. Like I just don't just don't think they're going to put it together this year. I think they have potential in the past, especially if they get under new ownership and start moving in the right direction. But I just don't see them being a factor this year. Yeah, as far as order goes, uh, you and I are lockstep. Um, I, too, have Philly running it back as the one seed, um, Dallas in second, Giants in third, Washington in fourth. Um, where I really had the most, you know, argument in my head was Dallas in New York. Um, obviously, as we know from the quarterback draft, I'm a big – I shouldn't say big, but I'm a Daniel Jones believer – primarily because of Dable. Um, and I do love them drafting Jalen Hyatt. 
uh, in the third round. I think that was debatably the steal of the draft. Um, a certainly a position of need um, since they traded away. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, since they traded away Tony, um, the the whole Galladay fiasco. Um, I love the trade for Darren Waller if he a stays healthy, b his fucking head is screwed on straight. Like that's a very, I think, low risk, high reward trade for them. And yeah, I'm just over the Darren Waller thing. He just cannot stay on the field. I, I can't even play the game like what if because I just know he's not. And like, there's just no way he plays more than ten games next year. And they have a really good offensive line too. So like, I'm honestly borderline talking myself into moving them up. But um, between Thomas at left tackle, I think Evan Neal at right tackle is going to take a, a big step forward this year. Um, but Dallas, to your point, it's just too talented. Um, as far as their roster goes, I, I agree that Dak's performance is really going to make or break this team. But between the skill position guys, I think we're all huge Tony Pollard guys. Um, I do think Zeke comes back on a very team-friendly deal. Parsons is, like, at worst, the second or third best player on defense in the NFL, top ten player overall in the NFL. Um Per sources, significantly better than T.J. Watt. Yeah, which, like, I get the versatility argument, but, like, people people box. I'm not, I'm not going to go too long. <laughs> but people like to box T.J. Watt in as just a pass rush guy. But, like, people don't take into account he also has led the league in TFLs, not to mention he's got, like, four or five picks in the last three years. Like, he had two picks last year, and that was when he missed, like, what, seven games, six games with a torn fucking peck? It's just, like, it's it's fucking mind-blowing. But anyway, um, that's about as far as I'll go on that. But, um, yeah, Dallas is just too talented. Um, I do have them as a playoff team. I don't have three playoff teams from this division. Um, I think I, I have the Giants just missing, uh, which kind of hurt, but um, – you know, again, I just think it's just a numbers game. Wow. And then the Washington, I do I do agree. They'll, they'll finish in last. I don't think they'll be terrible, but I got to see. I, I like Sam Howell, but I got to see it first. And, you know, Chase Young, who fucking knows with him, speaking of, like, guys who can't stay on the fucking field. Yeah. And then they still have Sweat, Jonathan Allen, obviously, all all those guys. But I, I just think Ron Rivera, that, that ship has sailed. I think this is his last season as a head coach. Um, Ohio State breeds players that are going to sit out despite not playing anyway. <laughs> new contracts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think generally you and I agree on just about everything when it comes to the East, minus I don't have the Giants making the playoffs. I have, them, mean, I have, have that the first team out. So does that mean you have the Vikings making the playoffs? I guess we should start with the uh, the playoff predictions. So the way I had it shaking out with seeding, um, I feel you have the one seed. Actually, I have this fuck this backwards. I have two and three flipped, but so two I actually have Detroit, and then I have San Francisco as the three seed, and Carolina as the fourth division winner. And then wild cards, I have Dallas, Rams, and Minnesota last team in, just beating out uh, the Giants. God, despite losing to them in the playoffs last year? Yeah, like I said, I just think it's a, a numbers game. I, it's because the North, as we already alluded to, is so much less competitive than East is. I think the East is going to beat up on each other outside of Philly. I think Philly might go 5-1 and or 6-0 and in the division. Yeah, they might catch an L in the division, but, yeah, Cowboys and Giants will, you know, they'll dish it out to each other probably. And Washington played all their division games tough, you know. So, and again, if their defense stays healthy, like, that's a legit defense. So, um, we'll we'll see with them. Um, Like, I don't have the Giants. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't have – I have Washington fourth, but I don't see them as like the other three fourth place teams in in the NFC. If that makes sense. Like I see them as a competitive, like how the the Browns were last year. You know, they 
they were obviously not a good team, but they're also like generally in every game and competitive in most of every game. So like um, that's how I kind of envision uh, Washington this season. But yeah, that's that's my playoff uh, rankings. Yeah, I I have the Eagles as the one seed. I have the Rams as the two seed. I have the Saints as the three seed. I have the Lions at the four seed. And then I have the 49ers at the five seed, Cowboys six seed, Giants seven seed. So I feel like there's not too much difference there. Uh, I think no, the, the biggest one being the NFC South. I would say it's just the Giants and uh, New Orleans. We have flipped for Carolina and Minnesota, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that NFC South. I think if Derek Carr adds anything to that offense, it's game over. But we'll see. Yeah, I, for me with them, it's just a matter of is Michael Thomas still alive? See, at this point, I don't even know if it matters. Yeah, but like if you have him and Olave, that's a much different offense than having just Olave. And like, don't get me fucking started on Jarvis Landry. Actually, I think I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I think for some reason I, feel, I have a feeling they cut him. Huh. I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Definitely after looking at this roster, having a healthy Michael Thomas would be beneficial. (laughs) Turns out it does kind of matter. Yeah, so I I think that does play a big factor into it. But adding Jamal Williams, they're just adding like 10 rushing touchdowns as well. Yeah, I see him as like uh, Pierre Thomas 2.0, which is honestly probably the highest compliment. <laughs> if somebody. <laughs> well, now that, we have, uh, now that we have AFC and NFC done, dare we say uh, Super Bowl prediction? Or do we save that for a later date? Way too early Super Bowl prediction. Oh, God, I'd have to think. Because I feel like we should do potentially do another one of these like after the preseason. Because there will be obviously at least. Yeah, no, I think this this would be a good episode pre like week one, like the week leading up to week one, like final prediction kind of things. Yeah. So do you want to do like? Are way too early Super Bowl pick, and then like see if it changes during that, or you just want to save it? Yeah, no, I can give out a way too early uh, Super Bowl prediction. All right, let's do it. All right, I'm gonna go Chiefs, Lions, Chiefs, Lions. We'll be at both championship games (laughs) in the same day. Seriously, and probably go to the Super Bowl. Just take our private jet. Um, yeah, so Shane Collin won't be there for the, the Chiefs one, but, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I'm, I too am going with the Chiefs, but I'm going with a Super Bowl rematch. I think Philly is just too good. Um, I, I don't see as much as I like Detroit and as much as I like San Francisco's overall roster. I just don't see any real threat to them in NFC, top to bottom. Like, I think... Especially if Detroit has to go to Philly in a hypothetical NFC Championship game, like Jared Goff's notoriously not great outdoors in the cold. Yes, but counterpoint, picture this. They do make it to the NFC Championship game versus Philly, and it's Dan Campbell v. Nick Sirianni. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Mono Imano. They just fight at midfield for the chance to go to the Super Bowl. If that were the case, that would be the quickest NFC championship ever. Dan Campbell would fucking ragdoll that clown. But yeah, I uh a way too early Super Bowl winner, I think uh I would say the Chiefs run it back as much as I don't want to think that or stomach that ever again. But yeah, I'll 
take the Chiefs too, assuming um, Patrick Mahomes has had a healthy offseason and his ankle is is healed. I'll say, um, as, as we knew, he had a serious, serious issues towards the end of last season. Yes, yeah, so I've been told. But he's playing golf long. soon, so I think he's feeling good. Oh yeah, isn't are they doing the match? Who is it again? Him, Josh Allen. Yeah, I think it's. I don't know who's playing like Josh Allen, but it's uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen and somebody maybe Diggs. Maybe it's a teammate thing. I honestly don't know. That would be hilarious. I highly think Diggs fiasco. Yeah, true. He does hate Josh Allen, Steph Curry. And Clay Thompson. What? Oh. Gross. I'm definitely yeah. rooting for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it might be the only time I root for those two. <laughs> like, thank Christ. fuck you don't wear a mouth guard to play golf. Yeah, Christ, he still might. <laughs> Just to spit it at somebody. Yeah. God, he's such a fucking boner. Yeah, so uh, we'll probably take the next week off as we mourn our dear co-host. Um, and then we'll get back to you in two weeks. We'll figure out what kind of content we're bringing to you. God, dare I say, College Baseball World Series uh, recap as I'm watching two future top five picks battle it out right now. Yeah, I mean, we can cover it. There's not a sport we miss. I was going to say, I can tell you right now, Paul fucking Skeens is a fucking dog. He's already hit a go-to this game. God. Yeah. Need it. Some fucking clown <laughs> bitch guy. Who, who are you pulling for? Oh. LSU. That's that's my score. Yeah, Jay. Notorious LSU fan. LSU or Florida. It's got to be one of my SEC schools. I would let the entire SEC... <laughs> Rosters just run a fucking train on me. Specifically baseball? Yeah, only baseball. And then it would be the Pac-12. I had like a 20-minute long conversation today at one of my accounts with a guy who had a USC hat on about how fucking ruthless the last six games of USC's schedule is this year. He was probably just going to burn his head so you never talk to him again. Yeah, no. He, he was telling me he's going to the Notre Dame game and he's going to the the Washington game. I was like, God damn you. There's like probably the two most competitive games they're going to have this year. Actually, I don't know because fucking not to get too far into the college football uh, regular season schedule, but um, they, they have a fucking gauntlet at the end of the year. They got at Notre Dame, uh, home against Oregon, um, at Washington, UCLA, and Utah, all, like, fucking back-to-back. It's fucking absurd. But yeah, It'll set them up well for the uh, playoffs. Yeah, seriously, God, Caleb. But, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks after we get back from uh, Collins viewing. Yeah, we'll see you then, or we'll see you another time.